Hello and welcome to the Afterburners podcast. I'm your host Samuel Oni and this is episode 21. With me is Wes Fearman. Wes, how are you today? Yeah, hello. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a day off work today, so I'm a bit more chilled than when we recorded like 11 in the morning. Um, but uh, yeah, not a lot of race. Well, I I've, I've saw something on social media again saying that there's no well, no F1, Formula E, Extreme, Moto, no, no racing of any sort for the next week. And so, yeah, we're luckily we do have something to talk about today, but next week might, might be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, indeed. And uh, in this episode, we are, this is going to be a Formula E special because there's a lot, a lot has happened in Formula E over the last week or so, or should I say the last weekend. Um, season seven of Formula E has come to an end and uh, yeah like I said a lot has happened and um, well shall we get into it so the last race of the season was the Berlin E-Prix a double header in Germany which there was a lot of drama and I think Wes you you may have watched the highlights some of it so just just take us through the talking points like like what happened and um how did it end? How, how did we come to this season finishing? Yes, yeah, so as you say, it was the Berlin E-Prix to finish the season off. Um, a little bit better than I think last year because of obviously the pandemic. Um, I think they had six races at Berlin or something. Um, it was, it was a, a double header, as you say. I think just, I mean, just looking at the races, watching them back. Um, I think the first race was run normally around the track and then i think the second race was run reversed so they went the other way around the track which i, which I quite like the idea of yeah whether we'll see something like that in, in f1 like if you have an austria double header are you gonna <laughs> gonna drive the other way around the track i don't think we'll see that in, in formula one <laughs> um, i think it's quite a good idea yeah um, in formula you race in the same track why not have a slightly well a slightly different layout just reverse it instead of yeah changing corners or what have you but yeah going into that weekend you had 18 out of the 24 drivers in a championship winning position. Mathematically, 18 out of the 24 races could could have won the championship. Actually, realistically, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. You wouldn't get anything as close as that in Formula One. I mean, take this year for example. Only really two drivers out of 20 can win the the championship. Whereas 18 out of 24, mathematically possible to win the the championship is just and even going into the last race the second race i think you still had 14 out of the 24 who could have won and realistically it was only two drivers really defries and jake dennis but to have something like that possible going into the last two races of a season is 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 quite something yeah the, the first race it didn't go well for defries the the championship leader well i don't know if he was championship leader at that point finished 22nd he was out fair one i say out but he was off the track fairly early on in the race. Sam Bird was also out of the race, knocking him out of uh, championship contention. Yeah. Quite a close battle between, well, I've got on the notes, the top five and top six, which again, you really don't see in Formula One. You might see a battle for first or a freeway battle for somewhere in the midfield or something. But when you have a, a five or six way battle for the lead of the race, it's quite something. Um, Lucas de Crassi, Eduardo Mortara, Mitch Evans, the Jaguar, Rene Rast, uh, Jake Dennis as well, all sort of fighting for the, the top spot, which is, is just brilliant in Formula E because all the cars are essentially the same. There's different powertrains and 
and so, so you've got Mercedes powered at how Audi, I think, have their own powertrain. Um, I think Nissan as well have their own, but it's essentially all the cars are the same, which obviously in Formula One they're not. So you do get a lot more close racing, and it's a lot more down to the actual skill of the drivers. Yeah. I think anyway, than than something. I mean, for what, of course, the, the, the usually more the more skillful driver wins. I mean, look at Lewis Hamilton, for example. But he's had a good car behind him, whereas in Formula E, as I say, all the cars are pretty much identical. Um, yeah, getting who, further into sorry, sorry. Yeah, on, who sorry. who would you who who was your number one pick coming into this doubleheader <sighs> to win the yes. championship, Formula E? Um. That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> the local team being Jaguar, I would have liked to see Mitch Evans or well, preferably Sam Bird win the championship, but I'm not sure if they were properly in contention, and perhaps Mitch Evans more so than Sam Bird. But I think Stoffel Van Dorn was up there. He could have been in with a shout with Mercedes EQ, Nick DeFries as well. Um, obviously, the eventual championship winner, uh, Nick DeFries. We'll get onto that in just a moment. Um, yeah, there's there was just so many that could have won. The Robin Fryne's another one for Envision uh, Virgin. Um, Jake, Jake Dennis, Dennis as well. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought he had quite a good season. He, he had, a, um, yeah. It was his first season of comedy as well. He was a rookie yeah. and he could have won the championship. I mean, it's yeah. just incredible, incredible story. <laughs> I think I think Jake Dennis won two races. I think the first one was uh, was it New York. No, I think the first one was Valencia. Or Valencia, yeah. I think it was Valencia when all the cars ran out of battery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or it might have been the other one, the wet race. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) Can't remember. He definitely definitely won one in Valencia. Mm -hmm. I can't can't remember when his second win was. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's just amazing that a, a rookie can potentially go and win the championship in their third season. We haven't really seen yeah. that since in Formula One, since Lewis Hamilton in 2007, where he could have potentially won the championship in his first year. But I mean, I, I feel a bit sorry for Jake Dennis because I mean, not only could he have won his championship in, in his rookie year, he did make a, a, a mistake in the second race, locking up the, the rears and then sliding off into, into the wall after the safety car restart. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, it's I also. Yeah, it's also BMW's last year in Formula One. Not Formula One, Formula E, sorry. Um, and Audi's as well, actually. So, Lucas Degrassi, is it Rene Rast, the other Audi driver? Yeah. Um, and he got Jake Dennis and, oh, I can't remember who the other BMW driver Ooh, uh, Sergio, is. It Sergio Sesto? No, not, no, he raced for Dragon. Oh, Ooh. I can't remember now. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> I, know, I, know the, I know the former BMW drivers. <laughs> that yeah. is Alexander Sims and Antonio Felix da Costa. I can't remember who's who's in the second seat for the BMW. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, it's, it's it's their last uh seasons in or yeah, they're like that's it, that's it. They're, they're now in, in Formula E, which is a bit sad. It'll reduce the grid uh, by four drivers, so we're down to 20 drivers for next season, and then next in the 21-22 Formula E season, Mercedes are gonna leave at the end of it as well. The end of Gen two cars in the in the twenty one twenty two season before we move to Gen three. So it's a bit weird that Mercedes have announced that next year will be their last year in Formula E, particularly when it was quite a surprise. Only, yeah, 
particularly when they've just gone and won the, the team championship and had a Mercedes driver win the drivers championship. It is a bit strange, um, but I think they said that they want to focus solely on just making electric cars for the road for your man about town sort of thing. Which again, I can understand, but why can't you also race in in Formula E? I mean, they're racing in Formula One. They're not just going to pull out a Formula One saying no. We want to focus on just making town cars or whatever yeah <laughs> so yeah it's, I, I find it a bit strange maybe people more well versed in formally find it i mean it, it was expected i don't know but um yeah for someone who has only recently got into formula e, i do find it a little bit strange and a little bit odd that mercedes yeah. are pulling out when they've just won both championships available in formula e yeah and um speaking of speaking of next gen when the Gen two cars, you know, leave. We'll have Gen three as well. And and um, so and speaking of Gen three, I I read on social media one time that Formula E wanted to think about having a feeder series. So like you know, um, so you know, with F one, F two, F three, Formula E wanted to explore having a feeder series in that background. What, what what's your opinion on that? Um, I think it'd be quite a good idea. Um, I think with Formula E at the moment is you have quite a, a wide range of sort of driver backgrounds. So you've got people like Stoff Van Dorn, Sebastian Buemi, um, who's a, another, I can't remember off the top of my head, who, who else has raced in Pascal Verline, another one who's raced in oh, yeah. Formula One and then moved over to Formula E. You've got um, touring car drivers in there as well. Jean-Eric um, Verne. Yeah, Jean-Eric Verne, another one. Um, plenty of Felipe Massa for a while as well um, oh yeah people who have raced in Formula One and moved to Formula E there's been touring car drivers um racing in there as well um I think when we spoke to Hazel Southall earlier was it earlier this year or last year I can't remember now um I think yeah earlier this year it was earlier this year um she said that the the, the skills between Formula One and Formula E they don't really there's no real mix is because they're completely different cars, completely different aer- aerodynamics, different tires, yeah. just a whole different set of skills really to race uh, in the two different series. So it doesn't really matter what sort of background you have in race, whether it be Formula One, whether it be touring cars, whether it be rallying, perhaps, I don't know, <laughs> you, you can give Formula E a, a good shot. Um as for feeder series, I I did have a look at the, the Wikipedia page for Formula E a little bit earlier on, and it, there is a section on support series. There says something about an FE school series um, that ran in the first uh, season of Formula One, uh, not Formula One, Formula E. I keep forgetting to say Formula E. <laughs> um, in what 2014, um, there was Robo Race, which is this sort of automated racing series, which I really don't get. Like, how can you have racing with no drivers? It's just all automatic robots racing i don't really understand that um, i never the... trust that i would never no, i wouldn't either <laughs> no and then it says something about the, the jaguar i-pace e-trophy um which i think is probably the well i don't know because it was i think it raced in it says it raced in the fifth and sixth seasons uh formula from december 2018 to uh, essentially last year um, and then at the end of last year, they cancelled it. So I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but I think something like that, perhaps maybe trying to get Formula E a bit more specialised. Yeah. Because 
as I said earlier, I mean, it's, it's nice in a way to have loads of drivers from different backgrounds participate in Formula E, but perhaps some realms of social media has a bit of a reputation for being, oh, it's just a washed up series for failed Formula One drivers like Van Dorn, um, Eric Verne, Verline, etc. Not not that they're failed Formula One drivers, they're still class racers. I mean, any one of them could have, could have won the championship. If, if anything, Formula E is growing. Yeah, it's hundred percent. Hundred percent is is growing, and I think it, it will continue to grow, especially with the next um, generation of cars. Because these Gen Two cars, they when they when they were brought in a few years ago now, they. I mean, Formula, just give it a bit of context. Formula E originally began with well, the same as any racing series, really. You have a certain number of laps. Um, they had to switch cars halfway through because the batteries wouldn't last long enough. Um, yeah. Then with these Gen 2 cars, they, the batteries could last long enough to do essentially an hour of racing, 50 minutes of racing um, near enough. So you have half the length of a Formula 1 race, but you don't have the drivers changing cars. It means you don't get a pit stop, but you get 45, 50 minutes of flat-out racing, which is just brilliant. Um, but with these next-gen free cars, they are talking about maybe having pit stops. Um, right. In the, and sort of these sort of fast, hyper-charging batteries or something, which could allow maybe slightly longer pit stops than we see in Formula 1. It might be similar to the sort of refueling days of Formula 1, where you have sort of a 20-second pit stop or something like that. Um, but I think that, that that would be quite interesting, whether everyone would pit at the same time, whether they can change tyres, I'm not too sure yet. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what the future of Formula E holds. And I've, I've gone quite off topic from your original question <laughs> about a feeder series. Um, I think it would be good to have, have some sort of feeder series, some sort of, sort of like Formula E point two or something like that yeah. <laughs> sort of slightly junior formula e cars i don't know um, yeah perhaps make it a bit more of a specialized series but i do quite like that it doesn't really matter what your background is in in racing that you can go to formula e and 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 perform because it's, it's just such a competitive series it's such a close series as well as i said at the start 18 out of 24 drivers in a title winning content in title winning contention you just won't you get that, see that in else, formula so. one no, not at all. Yeah, and um, well, what? So since since watching Formula E, what? Um, I want to ask you, what two what two things have you enjoyed about f- watching Formula E just in general? I've really enjoyed. Well, first of all, the close racing because I mean, we, it, this weekend, for example, we had a, a five six way battle for. The first place, I think in the first race you had, it was Lucas de Grasti and Eduardo Mortara just battling it out wheel to wheel for the whole of the final lap or two of the race. And I think de Grasti only won that race by about half a car's width, <laughs> which yeah. again, you just don't see in many other racing series. Um, but that's, that's one thing I do really, really like about Formula E. You get some top quality racing and close racing as well. Um, other thing I like about Formula E, that is a good question because <laughs> the main the main thing is the racing. You just like it for the yeah. racing. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I'm the same as well. Yeah. That's another thing. Maybe because 
I think it's because it's a little bit different. It's not your certain set amount of laps, not like 70 laps at Hungara Ring, for example, like we saw a few weeks ago in Formula One. It's, it's 45 minutes plus one lap, essentially. So you've got to manage your energy really, um, really carefully. The attack modes as well. Um, yeah. It's sort of like a joker lap in Rallycross where you have to drive through the attack mode set to get off the racing line onto sort of essentially a slower part of uh, the the line that you're supposed to take. Yeah. Um, but you do get an extra power boost for what, four minutes, I think it is. And every every driver has to do that twice, which again is is a little bit of a novelty, but I do quite like it. I don't think it's had too much effect on the actual racing, but no. it's just it's just trying to do something a little bit different, which I do quite like. Um, perhaps gets it a bit more publicity as well. I think some people, when that first was introduced, oh, it's like Mario Kart where you get the, the little toad power up or something. You get just get, yeah. get a speed boost, yeah. but yeah. it's it's not like that at all, and it's completely different to you, and it's quite strategic. I, I love Mario Kart, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you saw both Nissans take it uh, on the same lap um, at one point in one of these two races at Berlin. So the teams have got different strategies as to when they think the best time to deploy attack mode is. You've got the fan boost as well, where people can vote for their favourite driver. That's another five. thing I like about Formula E, is that mm. comparing it to Formula 1, there is a lot of interaction with yeah. the fans. Mm, it, it feels like the fans can really get involved because, I mean, to vote for your favourite driver to have a fan boost, it almost essentially gives them like a slight advantage in speed yeah so well, one thing i one thing i don't like as much about the fan boost is it's usually the same drivers that get it so it's usually yeah. stoffel van dorn sam bird pascal verline i think is up there lucas degrassi people like that they just always seem to get in the top five so maybe if you could have well, the top five this week of fan boost yeah you have your fan boost but next week you can't vote for them or something like that. Yeah. I think would be better because well, it's all one and good having interaction with the fans, but is it right that the fans can essentially directly influence the race? I'm not sure how much of an effect fan boost has. Um, it's only really used when perhaps say Sam Bird is battling it out between Eduardo Mortara, for example, or someone and Bird has the fan boost, Mortara doesn't. Bird deploys the fan boost and has a slightly a slightly more power going down the straight or something. But yeah. from what I've seen, fan boost hasn't really affected Formula E that much. I think it's it's nice, but it's just is it right to have fans directly or potentially directly influencing races? I'm not not too sure. I mean in, in F1 you have your driver of the day, which is just who you think is the best driver. Whereas with your fan boost, it's like which driver do you like the most? Give them a slight bonus during the race. I'm not sure if yeah. that's if that's right from sort of ethical point of view if, if you can call it that i don't and um i don't think formula one would adopt that kind of no definitely not <laughs> approach as well because not not only because do they have the driver of the day because i i just think that formula one well knowing the kind of sport it is it's not gonna like you know go go in that direction if you get what right. i mean yeah, for, yeah, Formula One will just stay as is. They, because I mean, if imagine if fan boost was in Formula One, you just have like forty five percent Max Verstappen, forty five percent Lewis Hamilton, 
5% Lando Norris, 4% Charles Leclerc and stuff like that. Yeah. You, or maybe Mick Schumacher, but drivers like, like Giovinazzi, Latifi, um, Stroll, they just wouldn't get any votes whatsoever. No, um, no. Yeah, I, yeah, Formula One's never going to introduce anything that, that lets the fans influence the race at all. I mean, drive of the day is fine. It's just a bit of fun at the end of the day, really. Yeah, just it is. Yeah. Who you think had the best race? And at the end, of it, it's just, I mean, the drivers, they think, oh, yeah, I, I had a good race that day. So did the public. They thought they had a good race. They they like perhaps gives the drivers a bit more of a confidence boost. But yeah, the fan boost is not coming to Formula One <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> keep, keep, keep it in Formula E. It's doing all right there. So the Berlin E-Prix, the first race done. Then came the second race, the final race of season seven Formula E in Berlin. Again, 18 drivers to decide the championship. One of the favourites, or a few of the favourites, included um, Jake Dennis, Mitch Evans, and also Nick DeFries as well. But I think he started in 14th, so he would yeah, have he had... started quite low down, DeFries. Oh, did he? I think so, yeah. From what he, Well, I think he started, I think it was about 14th, because at the end of lap one, he was in 12th. So, and I think Dennis was in 8th after lap one as well. So I can't remember when uh, DeFries, I'll just see if I can have a look now. Um, but yeah, DeFries, um, where is it? Oh, I've got, right, there we go, race results, that'll help. <laughs> All right, DeFries, yeah, started P13, gained a lap on uh, the, well, the first lap, essentially because of what happened to Mitch Evans. And I assume that's, that's what you wanted to get onto next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, well, it's almost well. It's almost like Hamilton in Hungary, minus the crash, minus Hamilton crashing. But you know, Evans doesn't get off the line in the Jaguar car. I mean, he 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 moved just maybe maybe five ten centimeters off the start line, and Ed, Eduardo Montara just you know comes and crashes behind him and which effectively ends Evans Evans race. Yeah, I mean both drivers were in in that sort of 14, 18 drivers that, that could have potentially won the championship as well. So I think Mitch Evans was either was third or fourth in the championship as well at that point. He wasn't he really wasn't far off. Um so yeah for his car to just not get going at all off the line I'm not quite sure what happened, what problem yeah um they had but i mean we, I, I watching it back literally just before we uh, recorded this podcast and um, they showed sort of different camera views from drivers who were i think jean eric Verne was one of them and you just see mm. him going yeah. at the, the sort of outside of the track and just see mitch evans just not move at all and you see a couple of other drivers sort of dart off to the right just to <laughs> just to react to Mitch Evans not going then obviously Mortara is completely blind he's just seeing these yeah. cars well just move off the start line and then move out of the way at the last second and it's sort of like what happened oh was it last year at Mugello when on the restart the safety car restart where you had oh I can't remember I think Latifi was involved in an accident was it one of the horses as well um, that's Finn 
yeah, this no, no, last no, last year when oh, last year, sorry, Magnuson was it? Yeah, at, at Mugello, was Carlos Science involved as well? Where you essentially have this one car getting slightly slower, another car moves out of the way to try and overtake, and then the car behind only gets a split second to react to to try and change direction and, and they just can't because mm. they're, they're too mm. close going too fast and there's no space for, for them to get out of the way um so yeah it put an end to evans and mortara's uh championship hopes um and yeah brought out a, a red flag after about a minute of of racing <laughs> um yeah but um yeah i mean essentially that that sort of crash did put an end to i mean we say 14 people can mathematically win it but it was only realistically two drivers that could have won it from that point de Vries and dennis who were both um you know you see the the sort of live drivers championship points in formula one so if hamilton yeah. it says oh he's got these these many points plus 25 mm-hmm. um if formula e they showed the graphics on the screen and both de Vries and uh dennis at that point after lap one were both on 95 points yeah and yeah I remember, and the, yeah, the, the thing about that was the freeze because he was he was in twelve. He obviously wouldn't have got any points. Dennis was in eight, so he would have got what, three points, four points, um, and then well, it didn't quite work out for for Jake Dennis because I think after um, the cars had been let go, after they had a green flag, the safety safety car restart um, out the pits. They had I think one or two laps of uh, clean racing. Then Dennis just locked up on the on the oh. pit straight on the start finish straight he was behind sebastian Buemi. i thought he crashed into him at one point it, it just looked like oh no he's he's hit Buemi. but then you just saw Buemi take the corner perfectly fine so you thought, oh what's happened to dennis and um, you can hear him on the radio he was just yeah. he was so surprised like he couldn't believe he had crashed the car he, like mm. oh, i can't believe it I've crashed the car and then you can just see the emotion. He gets out of the car and he's just so upset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you got a feel for him there because whether it was driver error or something like we saw with Hamilton in Baku, whether the brakes were just not there, but he locked up the rears, um, lost control of the car, the car oversteered into the wall essentially. And that was that. That was Dennis's weekend gone back down to 91 92 points or whatever he whatever he was on going into that race the freeze um still on 95 obviously gained a few more places uh during the race i think he finished seventh in the end uh, eighth uh nick to freeze um sam bird honorary mentioned i uh, just looking at it here started 22nd finished seventh for sam wow. bird so potentially <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for him crashing out of the race um on saturday the first race in berlin there maybe bird could have won the championship but yeah it just goes to show how close race how close formidary is um but yeah nick nick de Vries, he won i think he won the first race of the season in in adderia um yeah. whether i can't remember if he was the youngest uh formidary driver to win a race i can't quite remember now um yeah fairly i think de Vries is a is a superb driver um and whether he stays in Formula E for another year, I don't know, until the end of Mercedes, uh, Mercedes EQ in Formula E, or whether he moves to Formula One, whether Williams will want him, whether Mercedes want him, McLaren. He was Do you think McLaren it will Junior happen? The freeze to um, Williams? Not this year, I don't think so. I think he'll stay with Mercedes EQ, see them till the end of Formula E, and then 
we just have to see what happens after that because I think yeah Mercedes have got two quality quality drivers in Formula E they've got Nick de Vries champion this year and then Stoffel van Dorn who's another superb driver um again both coming from an F1 sort of background single seater background um as we said earlier it doesn't really matter that much in Formula E because um when you had John Eric Verne former champion you had Oh, was it Antonio Felix da Costa in the DS Cheetah? Was it? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the other one. <laughs> the other current DS Cheetah driver. Um, no, it's escaping me. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've gone a bit off topic again, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was that. Um, Another thing shortly that I want to touch on before finishing up is, uh, you know, next year and the year after, especially that um, McLaren are going to be coming into Formula E in the 2022-23 season. Yeah, yeah, they're coming in pretty much as soon as the Gen 3 cars. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea because, I mean, we've seen them, they want to get involved in Extreme as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think in the same year in 2022. Um, and I think for someone like McLaren to move to Formula E, I think it, it sort of sets a precedent that, right, this is a, a serious racing series, even though it's only what, seven years old, essentially, that you have teams like Mercedes, Porsche, Nissan, um, Renault were in there as well, I think, um, and now McLaren in, 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 a, in a few years' time. I think it's just it's just going to grow the sport because you're going to have McLaren fans essentially who wouldn't have usually taken an interest in Formula E. Go, oh, McLaren's racing in Formula E. Let's go. Let's see what it's like with these new Gen Three cars. It's going to be hopefully will be pit stops. So it'll be a bit more like Formula One, which is what everyone knows and loves. If, if you're if you're a McLaren fan, um, so it'll be a bit more what they're used to seeing, and I think that will just help grow the sport. It'll perhaps make people take a bit more notice of it um take a bit more seriously as well rather than oh they the cars can only race for well not they can't even race for an hour oh, what's the point <laughs> whereas if yeah. you're oh they're having oh it's like refueling in formula one in the somewhat <laughs> what some might call the proper days of formula one um but yeah i think McLaren moving to formula e and extreme um again gives a lot of publicity to those series as well to have a, a team as big as, as McLaren maybe and Mercedes as well and Porsche um yeah I, I think it's it's great for the sport and I'm looking forward to see what drivers McLaren will choose to, to I, I was, good, I I was just who, gonna I was I have just no gonna idea who they, I was I no idea who you know what I was actually thinking um maybe drivers from their from their academy I don't know if they have any drivers yeah. in their I was thinking they will do, yeah. If I, anything, I can't think of any. <laughs> their drivers would come from there, as opposed yeah. to getting maybe a big name or something. Yeah, I I, I would think so. I think they they're not going to take someone like Lando Norris out of Formula One for no. exam race of Formula E. They're not. They're, they're not going to do that. And um, yeah, I don't know McLaren Driver Academy <laughs> drivers. Um, yeah, but I, I they will have some sort of junior setup. Whether they'll get. I mean, just someone I mean, with their partnership with Mercedes, whether they'll get anyone from there, whether they'll pick anyone from Formula 2 or F3 to 
have a go in Formula E? I don't know. We just don't know. I just, I, I'm just not that that knowledgeable on on the topic. But um, I think it would be good to see someone like um, Jamie Chadwick racing Formula E, for example, just a, a female driver in Formula E. I think that will be great again, just to make it a bit more diverse. Because we've seen. If in Extremely, for example, all the teams have, have to pick one male, one female driver. I think that's a superb initiative. Um, yeah. In the W Series become an official support series of Formula One this year, which again I think is, is brilliant. Um, so whether we'll see female drivers in Formula E, maybe not next year, but a few years down the line, I think I think that would be great. And again, yeah, just, just, <laughs> it gives the sport more publicity, more more exposure, makes the drivers more knowledgeable as well. Um, or more well known, rather. So, yeah, as what, what McLaren do, I I don't know. I can't pick out any names as to who they're going to yeah. pick in a couple of years' time. Still early days. <laughs> Still very early days. Yeah. Right. One more thing before we close: colours for the car. <laughs> colours gotta be gotta be for pie orange. You gotta have that that same. Yeah. You know they're racing in Formula One with orange car, Indy car. I've got an orange with a car. shade of black, perhaps. Maybe a bit of black, maybe a bit of navy blue, maybe a bit of silver on there if that works. Can't quite picture orange and silver, but yeah, just a, a bright orange car because it would liven up the F, uh, FE grid a little bit because a lot of the cars in Formula E do tend to be either white, silver, or black. Um, I mean, take BMW for example, mostly white car, a bit of blue on there as well. You got Venturi, which is pretty much white and black you've got mercedes which is again mostly black a bit blue jaguar is nissan. a bit more distinctive with blue and black um nissan again mostly black bit red porter again it's very similar to nissan um, yeah you got mahindra dragon i think both are quite similar with white and red so just mm. a bit of orange a bit more color variety yeah um, well i think that would do formula e a bit of good and you certainly wouldn't have any trouble swatting oh who's that oh it's, it's mclaren <laughs> it's not, not <laughs> yeah. the local voice. is that venturi yeah. is it is it dragon is it mahindra is it mercedes um yeah so i think just a bit more color variation on, on the whole yeah. grid will be good i think <laughs> well um yeah that's that's about it and um uh, that brings formula e to a close for yeah. another season Nick well DeFries, done, Nick DeFries. Or from Sadie's EQ. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been the Afterburners podcast, episode 21. Oh, actually, wait, do we want to mention one more thing? Not necessarily formality related. Go on. But today, on, as we're recording, well, the day of recording, yeah. the Japanese Grand Prix cancelled. <gasps> Oh, I can't you forgot that you put it down oh, in the notes as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> one of my favourite tracks, actually. Yeah, one, one of, of my, my favourite tracks. tracks as well. Suzuka. Um, yeah, the Japanese Grand Prix was cancelled just today, hearing it on Formula One. Um, no Are fans. they going to replace it? Well, well there's, there's not going to be any fans if, if they're not racing there. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. If they're going to replace it, right? If they are going to replace it, you can't look past Malaysia, Spain. That's all I'm going to say. I I can't. Yeah, you can't look. It's either either you leave it empty, so you have um, whatever's before Turkey, 
or whatever was supposed to be before Japan, I should say, and then Turkey, and then the next race, you leave, you know, the you leave um Japan space vacant and then move on to Turkey. But then if you're not gonna put Malaysia in, then you know, leave it vacant. Yeah, I mean the the current sort of second half of the season, if you like, we've got Belgium coming up next in, in two weeks' time. Oh, I love far. I love far. I, I love no. it. <laughs> uh, we got Belgium coming up on the 29th, uh, Zandvoort on the 5th, Monza on the 12th, uh, Sochi on the 26th of September. And uh, then you got Turkey on the 3rd of October. And then a week after that, you had Japan on the 10th. So, will they have back to back races in Turkey, for example? They're there on the 3rd. Why not stay there for, for a race on the 10th? Then we go over to the, the, the Americas leg, if you like, of the US, Mexico, Brazil. Um, for the finale in, in the Middle East. Um, so whether they'll uh, replace it, whether they'll extend this sort of European leg, if you like, of mm-hmm. Belgium, uh, Netherlands, Italy, whether they'll be able to slot in a Nürburgring or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know whether they'll have back-to-back races at Turkey or whether they will just, all right, forget it, we'll move the Americas one week forward so we don't have another three-week gap. Um so if they if they bring the US to the oh, maths twenty four minus seven seventeenth <laughs> um, <laughs> if they bring it forward that um, a week and Mexico and Brazil forward a week as well um, then you do risk sort of really spreading out the, the back end of the season because yeah you got US twenty four Mexico thirty first a week later then you've got a race in Brazil a week later you've got a triple header. In the Americas, very um, close feel, together. Yeah, feel sorry for is. the, yeah. I feel sorry for all the logistics staff <laughs> working out yeah. going from America to Mexico to Brazil, all in the space of three weeks. Um, then we, we've still got this TBC on the twenty first of November. Whether that'll actually go ahead now, I'm not too sure. Cause is that it, was that supposed to be Australia? Yeah, it was. It was, but then that's got cancelled. Um, yeah. Canada's been cancelled. Singapore's been cancelled. Japan's been cancelled. Well, I mean, whether we'll see any more cancellations in, I think you mentioned um, sort of off air, Mexico and Brazil, whether if one of those will drop out as well. Um, are we going to end up with a 23 race calendar or is it going to drop down to 21 races that is now or maybe 20? We, we just mm. don't know at this stage because <laughs> things just keep changing. Um, yeah. I, w- I would like to see. I mean, in an ideal world, of course, I'd love, I'd love to see Suzuka stay on the calendar, but it's yeah, it's it's tricky given the situation. And if 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 they replace it, then I, I would quite like to see a, a Turkey double header if they add um, Hockenheim or Nurburgring to sort of extend the European leg and then sort of shift the calendar around again. Um, I just don't know, but yeah, it's it's good. It's going to be tricky for. Well, the, the countries and the FIA and Formula One to mm. come up with some sort of solution to the last sort of five, six races of the year. Yeah. You, you don't want to have it too compact, um, like that triple header that, that's currently on the calendar, but then you don't want to have it spread out like the last five, six races being t- taking place over like three months or something. Um, yeah. So it's, it's tricky to find a solution. Um, Personally, I wouldn't. I mean, twenty-one races is 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 fine. That's long enough for a Formula One season. I mean, we used to see yeah. twenty races, twenty-one races max. Um, 
I think 23 was probably a bit ambitious a year after mm. or still in a global pandemic, essentially. To, yeah. To be trekking around the world 23 times, 23 or well, 22 different countries, essentially, because the Austria doubleheader yeah. is ambitious. And yeah, um, I've, I've, 21 races is, is fine. It's sad to see Japan go, but you can completely understand the, the circumstances mm. as to why. Of course. Of course. Um, and yeah. That that brings us that brings us to the end of the <laughs> that is the end now. <laughs> Art of Earners podcast. Um, I've been your host Samuel Oni. Um, well, F1 fans, the Belgium Grand Prix is soon approaching. Just over a week to go, 29th of August, and we'll and F1 is back at Spa, which should be exciting. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen going to resume that all. All intriguing title race. I mean, it's going to be huge. Hopefully, yeah, I'm looking forward to it massively. <laughs> yeah. Will we see another Lando Norris podium or another surprise podium from maybe Ferrari? Um, well, who knows? As I said, I've been your host, Samuel Oni. It's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from Wes. Bye bye. And we'll, we, will, we will see you soon.